Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. Prepare to be transformed by God's undiluted word. You cannot allow your knowledge of his word to be beyond your knowledge of him. You will misunderstand it. John chapter 10. You can see that we're, we're traveling. But hopefully at every station we get to this morning, you're picking up something. By the time we finish, your baggage is full. John chapter 10, Jesus again. So you see where we've come to now? We've seen that, okay, um, God gives us his faith as part of the New Testament package. We've seen that actually faith gives substance to hope, where hope comes from our experience of God. We, we've seen this morning that actually it is when we come to that place where there is absolute trust in him, where there is no, no crutches around at all, that's when we can begin to actually begin to see his word. Jesus, like Peter said there, you, there is no plan B to you, you have the words of life. John chapter 10, let's take verse 25. Because now we're getting to the place of the word of God. In the process of faith. John chapter 10 verse 25. Listen close to the words of Jesus here. He said, Jesus answered them. He said, I told you. And you what? Talk to me people. I told you. So, um, remember I said that God gives us his faith. So what happened to these people here this morning is they came in contact with the word but they did not have faith to receive it. So he told them and they believed not. We, we need to try to understand what is happening there. He goes on, he says, the works that I do in my father's name, they bear witness of me. Verse 26. Look at him. Jesus said, but you people believe not. Why didn't they believe? He says, because you are not of my sheep. That means you don't qualify for faith. It was sent to them. So even though I hear it, even though I may even speak it, even though Jesus himself may be my teacher and is the one proclaiming it, it does not mean faith comes. Because Jesus said to them, I said it to you. And you didn't believe it. And the reason you could not believe it is because you are not my sheep. Verse 27, he now said something. What did he say in verse 27? What did he say in verse 27? My sheep hear what? So let, let, let's do that at this point. Why could those people not believe what Jesus said to them? Because they are not his sheep. But what is it about his sheep that makes a sheep be able to believe what he says unto them? Because they hear his voice. The hearing of his voice is what people that are not his sheep don't have. Amen. Amen. Let's do that again. So Jesus said something to them and they could not believe it. Why could they not believe it? Talk to me, talk to me, everybody. 
what is it about being his sheep that makes them be able to believe it? Hearing his voice. Let me now throw a question at us. Even those who are sheep, if they don't hear, is it possible that they will not believe? It's not a trick question. Because the factor that makes us believe is what? Romans 10, 17. Let's not go there. Romans 10, verse 17. So then, where does, how does faith come? How does faith come? Talk to me, everybody. How does faith come? Now, put this together with John 10, 27, where he said, my sheep do what? My sheep do what? And he then said to the other people, the reason you can't believe is because you are not my sheep. And because you are not my sheep, you can't hear my voice. So let them say to you hundred times, you can't hear it. You can't, because you can't hear my voice, you can't believe. What I'm trying to say here is this. You can come to a church like this a million years. You can come around the Bible a million times. You may even be able to quote it and speak it from your mind. But faith never comes until you start hearing the voice of God in his word. And remember everything we have been saying. If I don't know his voice, that is the reason why there is a lot of, there are a lot of people have been saying this over and over, that they, they know the Bible. They can quote the Bible. If I look at myself right now, memory speaking, I, I, don't, I, I can't quote the Bible like I could 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I was a, I could just, I could go to a service and something happens to my note, I'll preach my entire message from my head. Every scripture I knew. I don't do that anymore these days. Maybe I can't even do that anymore these days. But I can tell you, I know him a million times more than I knew him 10 years ago. So he said to them, you people can't, you can't, even though I'm saying it to you, you can't believe it because you can't hear it. Because faith comes by hearing. So if I'm not somebody who can hear him, remember the old story that we're talking began from faith in God, walk with God, hearing God. Because when I began to, when I begin to now take the Bible and take and read the Bible and read scriptures and memorize scriptures and all of that until I can hear him in his word, faith does not come. So faith comes by hearing and that hearing comes by the word of God. I, I trust there is understanding in this house this morning. Those who can't or won't hear his voice are excluded from faith. They can't because they are not his sheep or they won't, even though they are his sheep, they've never trained themselves to seek him. 
When they became Christians, all they were taught is just come to church. God is your cash machine. Just take this scripture and confess this scripture and say, the Lord, my needs are met by his riches in glory, by Christ Jesus. What is even the meaning of his glory? Uh, who is he? Where is he coming from? What is his house address? I don't care. My needs are met by his riches in glory, by Christ Jesus. My needs are met. God is my supplier. God is my kalu kalu machine. God is this. Oh, God. Almighty God. <laughs> Some of you don't know what is kalu kalu. Just... You need interpretation of tongues. Faith can come from the word because the word contains faith. If there was no faith in it, faith could not come from it. So what God did was, God put his faith in his word. So when you come to him and you begin to know him, he starts talking to you from the Bible. And then the faith that is inside the word of God starts being released to you. So faith is not mental. Something happening in our spirit. So I say faith can come from the word of God because it contains faith. But unless I hear him, the faith it contains is not released to me. Continue that statement by saying, I need the teacher of the church to hear it. So I tell every one of you, please read your Bible in the Holy Ghost. Don't read, you know, there's like you hear me also sometimes talk about Greek word and all that. All those things are fine. And we can do Greek from today to tomorrow. But we need to begin to hear the Holy Ghost speak to us. Some of those things in Greek and all that, they help us, they help understanding and all of that. But I can tell you this morning, they are not as useful as hearing the voice of God himself speak to you in the verse. Let's look at an example on the sides very quickly. Most of us remember Mary, right? Mary, the mother of Jesus. Just a young, young lady she was. And the angel came to her and says, you will be with child without knowing a man. And what she believed and received is one of the biggest things that have ever happened in history. One of the biggest Actions of faith. But I want you to see something here. The angel comes to this lady and tells her something that has never, 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 never happened before. It's going to happen through you. And what does she say? She says, be done to me according to your word. So you remember that scripture, James chapter 1 verse 21, where the Bible says we receive the word of God with meekness. That's what she did. Without arguing with it. Let me now ask you something. As we're thinking of Mary who was one of the people that got the best results of faith. I mean, brought, brought, brought a child to life without knowing a man. <laughs> In the nine months from when that angel came to Mary and when Jesus was born, do you think Mary was going around saying, I believe this child shall be born. I, I, oh, this child it shall be born. I believe, I believe. This child, do you, is that your image of what Mary was doing? No, no. Somebody might say to me this morning, yeah, it's because um, that what, what, what she was believing God for was the will of God and God was going to do it anyway. And my answer to that is this. You also make sure what you are believing God for is the will of God. Isn't it? You also make sure that you don't believe God if you are not sure it is God's will. And if it is God's will, there is no need for the pressure. So we take the pressure away from, you know, we come to a point where believing God is like this. Oh, well, you know, we're believing God. 
No. For her, just natural. Be it unto me according to what you said. I agree with you. Faith is agreeing with God. I think I'm teaching more better than you are listening this morning. Is, is Laura in church this morning? No, okay. Those of you at the convention on the Saturday morning, there, there are a few other things I wanted to read, but I, I sense I, I'll change direction a little bit here. Laura asked a question on the Saturday morning of the convention. Uh, is there anybody that remembers the question she asked? It was basically around can I have more faith in one area than another area? And pastor gave an answer to it. And the answer that pastor gave to it, I didn't understand. But one thing I always do is if I don't understand, I'll put it in my book. And I'll go back and think. Because up till that moment that Laura was asking that question, if she was asking me that day, my answer most likely would have been, yes, you can have more faith in one area than the other area. And the reason my answer would have been that is because we think your faith on any subject is dependent on how much of the word of God you know on that subject. But I'm trying to say to us this morning, your faith depends on how much of him has been revealed to you. Is everybody even understanding what I'm talking about here? Yes. Let, me, let, me, let me pursue that a little bit. I wrote a few things down here in my note. So somebody might challenge what I'm saying there and say, what about if I, let's say, let's say healing, for example. What about if I don't have a revelation of God as a healer? I've never read, I don't know any scripture that talks about God as a healer. What about if I was taught wrong? Maybe I grew up in a church where they said God does not heal anybody. So how am I going to be able to then have faith for healing? And this is the way I answer those challenges. This is why the Holy Spirit is the teacher of the church. And he teaches us right about God. The Holy Spirit can then use what we call a healing scripture to reveal God as a forgiving God. So, this is where the Lord took me as I was thinking about it. He said, we make the mistake of labeling scriptures. So, we take a scripture and say, this is a healing scripture. Whereas every scripture is simply a God scripture. And the Holy Spirit is there to use it, take it to reveal God to us. 
And that, that, that changes my, my, whole, my whole outlook at scriptures. <laughs> my experience, I wrote in my note as I was thinking about that. My experience of him healing my body creates hope that he can meet my needs. The entire word of God is pregnant with him. So what happens is this. We sometimes get more results in some areas because we don't even dare to apply faith in some areas. We say, I don't know. When I give my life to Christ, I think I've told you this many times. I began to see people talk about, say, prosperity, for example. And where I started with the issue of prosperity was, I said, I don't understand it. I don't know it. So me, I don't have anything to do with doing well. I, I, no, I, I, I believe healing. I believe this. But prosperity, I don't believe. I don't even understand and all that. And for many years of my life, I was very poor. You know when you are poor and the poor people call you poor? <laughs> I'm not talking about when I was a very young Christian. When I was a pastor. When we started this church, I had only one suit. One suit. One. And I used to wear that same suit every Sunday. Then one Sunday, I had a revelation. Why do I even bother take this jacket back home? I'm not, I'm not lying. I'm serious before God. I hung it in church. So every Sunday, I just come. It's the same one. But do you know that even in that very state that I was, if I could just go away from my thinking and just say, who are you, God? I would have found that he is Jehovah Jireh. So the reason we don't get results in some areas is we don't even dare. Because they told us that this scripture is for this, this scripture is for this, so if you don't understand this, don't even dare this. And I'm saying to us this morning, every scripture is not uh, this scripture, that scripture. Every scripture is just God's scripture. Amen. I've skipped a number of things, but let me wrap it up here before I lose you. What is the process? Let's summarize it. What is this process then? The first step of the process of faith is that I find him. That I find him. My job as a pastor is to lead people to him. That we find him. Because when we find him, Bible hope comes. Expectation arises. That is not based on human ability or anything. Just I am expectant because of God. When I find him, I begin to lean completely on him. That stage where I am, where I still trust this, I trust what I can do, I trust my ability, I trust my connections, I trust this, we're not yet there. The first stage of real matured faith is I find him. <laughs> Next stage, everybody's writing notes now. First stage is I find him. Second stage is because I find him, because I found him, I find his word. And that's what we must not miss. Remember I said if you find his word before you find him, you just become a sorcerer. Because I found him, I find his word. Peter said, who else? You are the word of life. The process. Number one, I find him. Number two, because I found him, I find his word. 
Number three, in his word, I find faith. <laughs> there are a few things I will mention here, which I thought I would get to, but I didn't get to, but they're part of the process. I'll just mention them here, but I didn't get to read those scriptures, but we know them. So number one, I find him. Number two, because I found him, I find his word. In his word, I find faith. Number four, the word in my heart finds its way out of my mouth. Not under duress, not pressure, naturally. Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Not mechanical, not, it flows out of it. If you believe, you say. So in his word, I find faith. The word in my, heart, in my heart finds its way out of my mouth. The final step of the process is it comes full circle with God-led actions, what we call corresponding actions. What the Bible says in James, faith without corresponding action is dead. So the last step in the process of faith is because faith came by, I heard his voice. It is by his voice as well now that I believe, what step should I take? What action should I take? I can't just say, okay, I believe and I sit down there. What action should I take? The action could be, um, okay, I'm believing God for, for my finances. What's the action? Go and invest in that business. Go and apply for that job. Go and whatever. Now, is there a formula by which I can tell you what is the corresponding action to the faith that you have? There's none. You will have to go back and hear him. So the woman with the issue of blood, she believed, she did all of that. The corresponding action she needed to take was get up and go into the middle of the crowd and touch the hem of his garment. That was our own action as the final completion of the full circle. Again, it comes back to, I hear him, so I've believed God, I've seen the word of God, I'm standing, I'm confessing, I'm doing all of that. And then instruction comes from him again. Because you believe, now do this. So let's say, for example, with giving. How do we give? I'm wrapping up already, but I'm just throwing some extras into this. Most Christians give emotionally. So people abuse pastors and say, um, the, the pastors, they, they, they're, trying to cajole, they're trying to cajole us to give our money and all that. I said the reason pastors try to cajole people is because people are not spiritual. Because people are carnal and they're emotional. So the pastor also comes on the emotional level. He begins to say, ah, if you don't give us money, we will die. We're not going to die. It's a lie. But because you like lies, so pastors tell you lies as well. But really how we should give is this. My giving is part of my process of faith. So God instructs me on what to give. It doesn't matter what anybody stands here or says or does not say. God instructs me. It's part of my corresponding action to my faith. So as I put my seed in the ground, because it is what instructed me to give, I know that that which I'm believing God for on my finances comes as a result of that. All this then becomes this natural flow of things that does not need a lot of blood and pressure. It, God told me to do that. I'm believing God for my finances to improve. As I began to relate with God, I saw that this God is interested in my well-being. 
then the more I began to see, I began to see all the things he says in his word. My mouth begins to stop saying the kind of rubbish I used to say that, oh, everybody's poor. No, I know I'm not a poor man by no means. I'll never lack in my life. Understand that. In the process of doing all of that, I hear the voice of God telling me, there's a need there. So into that need. So I go in there as my corresponding action that he has spoken to me. I give a seed to it. And because I put seed in the ground, results come back on it. I don't have to kill and destroy and pull everything down before God does what he said he will do. Have we said enough? Did you understand something this morning? Let's put God before us. I want us to do that before we leave a few minutes. Set the Lord before you. And what I'm trusting God to do before we leave church this afternoon is to, please play on the keyboard, is to stir up hope. Stir up hope. Where, in case anybody has been hopeless, there is any hopelessness. I want everybody just in a few minutes will be gone very soon. Just set the Lord before you. Like Peter said, there's no alternative. The Bible says, experience of God produces hope. I want everybody to leave church this morning very, very hopeful earnest expectation. Close your eyes everybody and just just set the Lord before you. (laughs) In this earnest expectation of good because God is simply who he said he is. The leaning of the entire human personality. Oh, I sense faith arising in his house this morning. Remember we said the faith of God is always looking for that Bible hope that came as a result of, ah, I know God. I may be in prison today, but I'm a prisoner of hope. I have hope even in my prison. Thank you for listening to this message. Please hit the subscribe button to be notified of new episodes. For questions, please send an email to Pastor Mo at thestonechurchberlin.com. God bless you.